Welcome to the podcast. This is You Gotta Watch This. I'm your host, Aaron, and with me is your host, Nick. Hello there. <laughs> see, Hi, Nick. Do you see what was different about that? I did. I it's, did, and I liked it. It's very low-key. Oh, my gosh. Why do I let you talk? <laughs> so, <laughs> Just a little taste this, of what's coming. Oh, man. Oh, no. I forgot that you talk in this podcast, too. I just was so excited about my part. Yeah, we, um, we, we, I, I tricked you by acting like a normal person when we were catching up before starting. <laughs> but as soon as I click record, yeah, I'm a madman. I'm going to punish you. You are a, you. a trickster. A trickster a god. A trickster god. Yeah. yeah. Uh, <clears throat> the god of mischief. Wait. <laughs> Uh, so this is the podcast where, uh, at this point, it's just the podcast where two friends talk about the MCU. Uh, yeah. You know, we started this. Nick was a, a total uh, neophyte. Uh-huh. Is that, I, isn't that word right? Yeah. I, in fact, word? I knew you were going to say it. What? Yeah. I must I was have like, had he's that gonna say look neophyte. on my face. Yeah. I was reaching into my, yeah. you know, I, the ether to pull uh-huh. that word. <laughs> I saw it, and I saw you see it and choose it. It was glorious. <laughs> So, so Nick was a Dia fight on the MCU. I'd never seen any of it. I'd seen it all multiple times, and we were going to watch it together. It was my way of tricking Nick into watching these movies. <laughs> and it worked. And, and it worked. And and so now at this point, Nick and I are watching them together at the same time. Uh, we've we've reached the end of time, and I knew everything that was going to happen <laughs> until uh, <laughs> ten seconds ago. Uh-huh. Uh huh. Another little taste <laughs> of this this show. And so See, you this, can do it this, too. I can do it too. This week we are, of course, talking about Loki, the latest Disney Plus series. All six episodes, of course, very heavy spoilers. Uh, if you haven't watched it yet, I don't know why on earth you're listening to this. You should stop, go watch it, come back, and then listen to this. Um, and let's let's get right into it. What's yeah. uh, Nick and Aaron's hot take? Nick, hot what'd you take? think? I uh, I really enjoyed it. I I loved it. Uh, I'll say. I uh, I thought I would like it going into it, having seen the trailers, and boy howdy, uh, <laughs> this was right up my alley. Uh, I I love the Marvel magic, right? Mm-hmm. I you know th- it's great. Iron Man suits are cool, right? Technology. It's basically magic that they're calling technology, but I love mm-hmm. the stuff that is just magic. Like mm-hmm. I've always loved all the Thor stuff, and like Loki has always been like sort of the dark horse character that you love and to for him to get the whole series was was great tom hiddleston is just fantastic and everybody else in it was also fantastic uh yeah i was just real excited about it and i'll say i will say as part of my hot take two episodes in we had finished two episodes and i was like i like it but i'm not hooked yet and it was the third episode that really did it for me and i was like okay yep i love it and so it's so interesting. I <clears throat> so I came into this. I you know I'm never been a big fan of the Thor movies until Thor Ragnarok, which I absolutely loved, and mm-hmm. I loved it because of Taika Waititi's you know comedy sensibility yeah. in it, and they unlocked Chris Hemsworth uh, comedic timing, which was fantastic. Uh-huh. And um, and that was when I got on board with Thor. So like now, like Thor: Love and Thunder, and any of his appearances in like Infinity War and Aven- uh, Endgame, I'm, I'm all about him. Um, but Thor in general was never that excited about, and, you know, I always liked Loki. I always thought Loki was kind of like the best part of those movies. Uh And, you know, he's a, is a very interesting character, the most interesting villain. And people will say like, he's probably the best villain of the MCU, Uh uh, which has a problem, which is, it's not really saying that much because MCU does have sort of a villain problem, you know, but there, there are several good villains and, but Loki stands out among the best. But that being said, when they announced this, I was kind of like, okay. (laughs) <laughs> but, but I'm, I'm gonna watch that yeah. but i had like really no opinion i was i was much more excited about something like wandavision i i didn't really know how i felt about the shows either i was much more looking forward to movies like mm. the new spider-man mm-hmm. and the new doctor strange and yeah that's and and just kind of seeing what they would do next and the idea of loki like this would follow the loki from endgame who stole the <clears throat> time stone and did his own thing i was like okay i mean i'll watch that i don't i didn't really know what to expect and so I went into it kind of knowing very little. And from the very first minute when the TVA shows up and they take them to get like processed, I was like, this is the greatest thing I've ever seen <laughs> in my life. Like, it's, yeah. it, it's, it's that the whole sensibility of it 
and the production design of like the TVA that like kind of like old school analog yeah. stuff, but yeah. it's all from the future. Right. Um, and it's interesting that like, cause Thor's always kind of written the line between like magic and technology. Mm-hmm. Uh, Loki like straight up what he does is magic. Right. Like he, he yeah. does, he does magic, but this also involved like just heavy, heavy technology and sci-fi elements, yeah. which is what I was really into. And, and, you know, it very reminiscent of like the Fallout series. I was about the, to say that. Yeah, I, yeah. It, the the idea of like if the fifties got fast forwarded into high technology. Yes, like what the fifties thought the future would look like. Right. You exactly. Know? Yeah. And, yeah. Re- uh, well, I think it's, got, it's got a name: retro futurism. Yes, retro futurism. Yeah. Uh, absolutely love that. The only thing it was missing was everything powered by nuclear reactors. <laughs> right. Uh, yeah. Yeah. You know, tiny, which... tiny nuclear reactors. <laughs> Have you ever read uh, some old Asimov where like yes he mm-hmm. he, he mm-hmm. you know like your pen would have a nuclear reactor in it like <laughs> for like instead of ink. for no reason yeah because yeah. that's better yeah. than ink uh, yes that kind of thing is just my favorite uh-huh. um but it also has this like this like um just hyper sci-fi like rick and morty vibe you know yeah you go yeah. through this time portal and they could be going anywhere <laughs> and uh-huh. into anything and you uh-huh. have like alternate versions of you know the whole concept of variance and alternate yeah. Loki's is very much yeah. like it's awesome. The, you know, it's very Rick and Morty, like yeah. the Council and of Ricks kind of thing. Exactly, exactly. Which is a reference to Marvel Comics, by the way. The Council I, of I Ricks. I heard that. Yeah, yeah, and is the... a reference to the Council of Reeds. Reed Richards, uh, who's the smartest man in the Marvel universe, him uh-huh. and all of his alternate versions um, get you know get together and have a have a Council of Reeds. Uh, so lots of just silly stuff like that. I love yeah, that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, this this was right up my alley. Like mm-hmm. the whole, you know, like the the way time travel is kind of presented, and it's fun, but there's a lot of emotion to it as well. And like yeah. what you you know, you get the kind of like <clears throat> the adventure of it. It it reminds me of a show that's definitely in my pop culture blind spot, but it it felt like kind of like Doctor Who a little bit. Oh too, sure, you know? okay. Mm-hmm. Um, and a lot of that like kind of episodic, like we're showing up here to do something and you know uh especially like when they go to like uh lamentous one or um you know the the hurricane in in 2050 alabama you know just like that idea of like this moment in time but it's not like quantum leap where they go to a moment in time from like our collective american past it's it's a moment in time that's some sci-fi thing. Yeah, you know? yeah, I, yeah. Very cool. I love that. Yeah, it's uh, oh, it's, it's amazing. And yeah. and what's what I thought was really great about their portrayal and their approach to looking at time travel was that it's very specifically about not creating paradoxes and mm-hmm. and and pruning and snipping off alternate. It's that's the whole point of it. That's the only yeah. reason they're doing it to begin with is to prevent that from happening, which is sort of an interesting. Uh, interesting way to look at it because a lot of time travel is about the time travel for for whatever other reason and then dealing with the unintended consequences of yes. creating alternate timelines or whatever uh, but this was specifically to prevent that and it's and you know it, it fits in with the, the plot of everything but it, I thought that was just a neat uh, way to approach uh, a, a very uh, sometimes played out genre yes it was it was a very fresh take, I thought, on the idea of it. And you get these guys who are dressed up like SWAT team guys, but they approach their job like, especially that one where they go and somebody had, um, where they're like, they go back, I think, to the 1800s and they think somebody has, you know, found a time machine trying to strike it rich. And, and it's just a yeah. brief little scene where uh, the variant Loki uh, kills them. And, like, they treat it kind of like they're meter maids, you know what I yeah, mean? Yeah, like, yeah. It's very bureaucracy, yeah. very, They're, so, they're you know, almost like, bored. You yes, know? exactly. They're bored with time travel. Yeah. Uh, which is just, uh, like, that whole attitude about it. And and to tie it back into Fallout again, all the the propaganda posters everywhere. Uh, yeah, again, super, super cool. Very reminiscent of the Cold War, you know, uh-huh. that loose slips, shinks, uh, sink ships kind of thing. Yep. Uh, it just... Uh, yeah, it's just it's so great. And well, and, and it, it, I think ahead. I think you're really onto something with the, the propaganda. I mean, because it turns out, I mean, like that's kind of what it has all been. It's been a facade. So it's like, 
you know, and, and I, I want to explore some of the ideas uh, of obviously spoilers. We're starting to get into some heavy spoilers here, but uh, the idea of that everybody there was a variant at some point. Yes. Uh, and so the idea that they're all sort of, well, I don't know what you'd say, subjugated to some degree, mind washed. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah. You know, I don't know the, the mechanism exactly for how that's happened. Mm hmm. Um, but it's interesting, like the propaganda is almost there to reinforce uh, their role. Like, don't remember, don't remember, do your job, do your job. Yes. Well, Pretty and you neat. say when they process Loki um, to, they decide, okay, we're not going to prune you. We're going to, you know, we could use your help. So they go to process and One of the things they say is like, okay, wipe them, uh, you know, implying that they were going to do to him what they do to everybody. And they like uh-huh. stop him at the last minute. Like, no, we need his memory to he's got to help us you know, i forgot that, about that actually he's part yeah, of it yeah and yeah so you get the sense that like this is maybe how people join the you know like if he if he wasn't so dangerous instead of getting that like variant suit he would have got an outfit just like anybody else yeah, you know got and a, this is, a shirt and tie this is their recruitment <laughs> process yeah uh which i guess he's which i, I really guess he's liked. already wearing a shirt and tie yeah, man, I I did love his. The, I mean, because yeah, the I, I mentioned the production side, not just the the sets and everything like that, but the wardrobe. Oh yeah, fantastic! Uh, it's just I really want that outfit that he was wearing, you know, and like his <laughs> yeah. jacket, just like I don't know, it just felt like kind of seventies with all that like yeah. beige and orange. I don't yeah, know. Yeah, I it, it, it really it dug it with the the long hair like transitioned well from like Asgardian finery to like seventies business wear, like absolutely <laughs> yeah. transitions. Yeah. And and ha- speaking of that, well, this is more of like the like kind of a Don Draper, you know, kind of thing. But the whole sequence where when he they're playing through his life and it's revealed that he was D.B. Cooper. Uh, yeah, yeah. I, I really enjoyed that. And it was just a prank. <laughs> yeah, just a yeah. Thing <laughs> he that him cute. and Thor yeah. did. Just uh, a joke. You know, just, just to, you know, goofing around as kids. I, I love little glimpses of their childhood where they... You know, they, they hated each other and they fought, but they also were kind of friends, you know, yeah, and yeah. like, uh, it's just that kind of stuff really fascinates me too. And, uh, so yeah. speaking of, of, of that, like, uh, I thought it was interesting. So, so going back, all right, going back to what you said about like, you weren't sure what to, to expect with the TV shows just in general, you know, like, yeah. You know, you were you're into the movies. You weren't sure about the shows. I was really excited when they announced that they were going to start doing in canon shows like that because I thought, okay, this is my chance to really get into it. Like more so than I maybe have with these movies. Like, you know, I'm a movie guy. I like watching movies, but I really do like a good limited series to let you like let a character stretch its legs. Like really get to know a character to let the the actor you know really get into the role. Yeah. Um, and I thought that that was what happened here was that we got a lot more from Tom Hiddleston than we would have if it was, if this was just crammed into a, a movie. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, and we got a lot more for the character too, because it's interesting, you know, like we, we saw the other Loki, you know, the Loki in the movies, mm-hmm. you know, he had his long road towards redemption and understanding and trying coming around and like, you know, being responsible for his mother's death and like the weight of that. And then ultimately sacrificing himself, uh, you know, so uh, when fighting Thanos, but then this Loki almost has all of that, like force fed to him in like a few moments when he's watching it, he's watching the film of himself. Yeah. You know, and then he's almost got to learn it all over again. He's got to learn these lessons and he learns similar lessons but for different reasons you know yeah yeah absolutely i mean he does i thought they did a a great job with kind of fast forwarding some of that character development by having him watch the film of his life and kind of feel those things Uh, So it kind of sets it up so he's ready for a change and then some of the stuff that happens to him like solidifies it absolutely and this is a different loki than the one we saw at the end of of endgame in terms of Uh you know how he's kind of reacts to thing. I think being confronted with yourself and um, in a, in a way of like showing like, this is your life. This is, you know, instead of like existing in it, like being shown it, I think probably has a totally different like vibe. You know what I mean? More of like a helplessness 
you know, because uh-huh. it's like, I didn't even get a chance to do this, you know, and like, right. this is, you're telling me this. Right. And then, and then that the whole sequence where he's in the void and is with the other versions of himself, uh, total, yeah. like, you know, you get the sense of like, man, I, this sucks. <laughs> like, you know, yeah. Yeah. Man, this guy is it's, the worst. <laughs> and, you know, it's, it's, I mean, it really is like looking in a, a, a mirror mm-hmm. and seeing, you know, all your flaws and like almost all of those Lokis had, you know, something about them that you could look at or that he could look at and be like, I can see that in me. Absolutely. Like as an aspect, mm-hmm. you know, that that's exaggerated in this person. And okay, maybe I, maybe I don't want that to be my, you know, leading characteristic. Yes, absolutely. Um, yeah, it, it's, um, yeah, it's it's just so good. I I really liked the speaking of the void and him going to that 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 void area. Um, I I don't know how you felt about it when because that that's the episode where he gets pruned, obviously, uh, mm-hmm. in and the episode before that, and then but just moments before that, we see it happen to Mobius, and yeah, that yeah. That I actually audibly said, oh no, out loud. Like I normally don't, you yeah. know, I normally sit quietly and watch a show and don't, you know. <laughs> but I literally, when that happened, I was like, oh no, like this is terrible. It felt like a this gut. This is punch. the worst thing. Yeah, because you yeah. really wanted Mobius to break free of his yeah. his programming, and he was he mm-hmm. was starting to see, it and you you wanted to see him on that jet ski, and you were hoping yeah. that he would get <laughs> yeah. that happy ending at the end, and uh-huh. Uh-huh. you know it was. I kind of at the part. Part of me was like, "Well, this is that's pretty dark turn. Hopefully, pruning's not the end. Hopefully, we're gonna find that out." And then when Tom Hiddleston gets pruned, I was like, "Okay, yeah, definitely. There's two episodes. Yeah. Like that's definitely the case." But uh-huh. um, which was nice. So you had that moment of hope. But then the way the series ends with Mobius, where he doesn't know who Loki is, and he's basically been wiped. He starts okay. over. So I just I I I think I have a. I know a lot of people are interpreting it that way, yeah. but I think he got sent. I think that's one of the alternate timelines. He got sent to an alternate timeline. Uh, yeah. Okay. Where, where, where that's just a Mobius that never met him. Got it. Okay. And I hope you're right. That's, that's my theory. I, I, I think, I think there's something there and I hope you're right. Let's, let's talk so, a little so bit. His of... Mobius buddy somehow got backed in. So I think that'll be part of it is jump hopping around timelines. Okay, good. I hope so. I hope so. And I, I was excited about that reveal that there will be a season two of Loki yeah um which i will i'm totally on board with hopefully it deals more with the multiverse and uh i'm sure it will i that seems to be the the thrust of the next phase yes which i love i mean i love the infinity stones but multiverse that's my jam that's what i like to see and uh uh, so let's let's talk a little bit about it um yeah so at the end they go to uh the the place at the end of time which kind of made me think a little bit of um Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy, you know, the restaurant oh, yeah. at the end of the universe kind of thing. Oh, I, I didn't put that together, but that's a great, <laughs> that's a great analogy. Yeah. Uh, I, I love stuff like that that kind of like breaks your brain a little bit. Because this is different because yeah. it's not at the end of the universe. Literally, that's just at the end of, you know, the heat death of the universe and, and Hitchhiker's Guide. Yeah. But this is like outside of time, but also like at the end of time. And you can almost see the timelines going around it. Yeah. And it kind of like, what, uh-huh. how does this work? And uh, they right. meet. You know Jonathan Majors, um, who plays he mm-hmm. who remained, uh, and um, so I don't know if you who, who was fantastic by the way, absolutely amazing. It, in what what how much screen time did he get? Like twenty five minutes if, tops, if that. Yeah, like he and just killed it. So I was excited when I saw him because that did confirm one of the theories, which is that Kang the Conqueror would yeah. be the, the. And I'm not sure how much you know about this, but. Not much, but Megan has told me a little. Okay, so uh, it was announced. Jonathan Majors was announced to be cast in the third uh, Ant Man movie. Ant Man and the Wasp uh-huh. is going to be called uh-huh. Ant Man and the Wasp: Quantum Mania, and Kang the yeah. Conqueror is going to be the villain there. And Jonathan Majors was announced as being cast there. And, and the big theory was that like Kang the Conqueror was behind the Timekeepers and the TVA. And so when uh-huh. he shows up in that in that Citadel, as they called it, it's like. Oh man, we got one right finally. You know, it's yeah. not, <laughs> yeah. You know, all that Mephisto hoping from WandaVision, uh-huh. you know, finally paid off, and and we got we got what we were looking for. Um, I think how funny would it have been if it had been Mephisto? Though? 
<laughs> well, there's there's a stained glass window in I think it's the first episode yeah. with the, yeah when, yeah and he's got like horns yeah and, stuff. and it's you know it's just you know the idea that Loki is like the the version of Satan in the Norse mythology you know the kind uh-huh. of that the kind of line they're trying to connect there but. You know, there was that moment where people were like, are they making fun of us? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, you know, uh, saying that it's it's Mephisto there. But uh, <laughs> but I loved it. And, he, and then, of course, he makes it really explicit when he says, like, people have called me many things. And conquer. a conqueror is one of them. Yeah. It's like, okay, yep, that's yeah. your thing, King the Conqueror. Yeah. But he's not really, the way I interpreted that was that he's not really king the conqueror he's a version of king the conqueror who's okay not that bad and like the not that bad version of king the conqueror still like has enslaved all of time yeah to, and runs he's the still TV kind of a he's he's kind of an insane person it's he's, what, like he's, that's kind of my take on yes that. he's totally gone insane he's still like a dictator he says you know like Basically, the idea of that war between the multiverses, which we saw earlier in like a propaganda film, yeah. uh, actually did happen. But it wasn't really between the multiverses. It was between versions of this dude. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And and so he's the, and, and basically he's the version that won. He's the uh-huh. he he the war was over. He found a way to uh, prevent. In his mind, what he's doing is he's preventing the worst versions of himself from existing. And that's what right. the whole pruning is all about. Is just yep. saying like you know once you start. You go down a path that that's possibly going to create a bad version of me, a version of me that's not me. So we got to uh-huh. end it. And that was something I had a problem with in the beginning when when they mentioned like because we see the variant Loki at the beginning of this one, and his whole thing is he took the time stone and he wasn't supposed to do that, and that happened in like a split second, and they caught him. But then you have Sylvie, who's a female Loki, and and I was like, how does that happen? Like in a split second, you know what I mean? Because it seems like the Nexus events are really like momentary things, and like all uh-huh. it, it also doesn't really explain all the crazy different versions of Loki. At the time, I was having problems wrapping my head around it, but you get the sense that um, multiple times, it's like the kind of the way I kind of read it described to me is like that the timeline's like a rope, and it has like multiple like threads in it, and uh-huh. those might be different, but if they start to fray. And maybe cause an undesirable you multi you know multiverse. Yeah, those get clipped, but they can be different. They're all going in the same direction though, uh-huh. but they're individual threads. And so that's the idea of that. Um, and so one of the theories is that Sylvie, um, the reason why she made it to like five or six or however old she was, the Asgardians live a long time. Maybe she was forty five. Who knows? But uh-huh. she yeah. was she was a little girl. Um, and they come in that moment. She's playing with a Valkyrie toy. Yeah, and reenacting the uh, you know uh, a fight with the Valkyries, and the a theory I read, which I love, is that in that moment she decided she was going to be a hero. She ah. said, "I want to be like a Valkyrie," and yeah. I like I'm into this, and uh, that kind of started her down the path of being more virtuous and not mischievous, uh-huh. and that, that messes somehow things up. That's that's too different. Out of whack. Yeah, yeah, that's too different. So you got to go. And, and so I, I'm, I'm one thing that I'm curious, and I hope they explore this a little bit. Is you know he makes a big deal, um, he, Kang. I'm just going to call him Kang uh, instead of he who remained or whatever. <laughs> yeah, Kang, Kang works. <laughs> uh, which I like. It's very poetic. I like it, but it's a mouthful. Um, I hope that they, he, you know, he makes a big deal about like I saw everything. I've seen every possibility. Um, but I wonder if he's just seeing conditions that could create because they're different and so cut it off or if he knows for a fact that those timelines would lead to another Kang and yeah I, and I want and now I think there's probably a, a significant difference between the two because the one I mean it, it, like the if it's the second scenario then you know it's not like it's justified by any means his actions but he's at least doing what he says he's doing but if he's yeah just looking at at scenarios that are causing enough chaos or enough divergence that he just doesn't like it man that's yeah. that's really rough yeah absolutely i i tend to think of them and we haven't talked about this we talked about reed richards but i just wanted to you know 
throughout it because we were talking about calling him Kang or whatever. Of course, Kang is his like villain name. He's got a real name, uh, and it's it's Nathaniel Richards. He he's a distant descendant of Reed Richards. Oh. Uh, so it all it all comes back around, you know. Okay, and that's cool. He's, he he mentioned he's from like the 31st century or whatever. That's that's like a thing in the comics too. So he's a very distant, um, you know, descendant of Reed Richards. And uh, so he, um, I get the sense that he is very much like just galaxy brain really can like do the math and he's figuring Uh it out. And he's like, because that's why that it it kind of explains why some variants made it, you know, pretty far, you know, because there's some very different versions of Loki there, you know. Yeah. And uh, uh, speaking of that, I liked the old Loki, uh, Richard Grant's version of Loki. And his, the whole concept there is that he... And you know he he and this could have happened in our universe we don't know but he he faked his death it looked like he died uh-huh. uh, and so he slipped away and lived out his life and it was only when he decided he wanted to look up his brother Thor that that's yeah. too different and because yeah. because at that point like what's the difference you know between the way it was supposed to happen and him because right. he was on a remote planet by himself living a life very much kind of like Thanos. If you think about yeah, it, you yeah, know, only in failure instead of in victory. Uh-huh. Uh, but uh, but I, I like to think about that. I, I love the idea of these different universes there. And I wish we got a little more about Kid Loki, where his his the reason why he was pruned is because he actually succeeded in killing Thor as a kid, yeah, which I thought yeah. was pretty dark. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. All the alternate Lokis were great. Um, so I I thought that was interesting. That was a little bit of almost foreshadowing. Uh, uh, basically what Kang was explaining, like what yeah. happened to him. It's like if you get enough of the variants together, that's that has the potential to cause chaos. Like you put all those Lokis together and yeah. it just devolved into them fighting each other, mm-hmm. which is what happened to Kang. All the, the Kangs were working together and then yeah. they turned on each other. I it, think I think there's an element too of there's certain because I don't, I don't know necessarily that it would happen with anybody, but I could see it it happening with, um, you know, certain people who don't play well with others. Like Loki's, sure. it makes sense. Strong, and, strong-willed people. Yeah, and Kang's, yeah. it makes sense. I could see it happening with Tony Stark's, you know, yeah, for sure. Yeah. Uh-huh. And and that is one theory that because Reed Richards hasn't been like a big deal uh, yet. I mean, eventually they're going to show up, but it's. Uh, Kang could be revealed to be a descendant of Tony Stark instead of Reed oh, Richards, yeah. since Tony Stark's kind of the stand-in for Reed Richards in the MCU as being uh-huh. like the smartest human. Uh, yeah. So, but That's yeah, cool. I, I uh, a couple of things we we haven't talked about in this is the, the I thought the soundtrack was absolutely amazing. Yeah. Uh, really into that kind of like synth, but like. In, whereas like Thor Ragnarok had this kind of like bright synthiness to it, like this mm-hmm. was like kind of like a dark synth yeah. vibe. Yeah, 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 uh, yeah. Which I, you know, you can just kind of hear it, and it, it, because, and also, I mean, it's a pretty dark show, uh, not in a bad uh-huh. way, but like the way it's lit, it's kind of like dim, and yeah, uh, yeah, you know, the planets where there's, you know, these all the different. Um, uh cataclysms where they can hide you know those are mm-hmm. always dark and stormy or something crazy is happening and that whole sequence on on lamentus with the with the planet with the moon crashing into the planet um yeah just it's amazing that that was a television show it looked yeah so good yeah and that was awesome such a great sequence so I, I, I want to talk a little bit about that episode and i want to talk uh specifically about sylvie so um let me, uh, let's see. Sophia DiMartino. Mati- yes. Martina? Martino. Martino. Um, she was fantastic. I loved her. Um, yes. As Sylvie slash female Loki. Don't call me Loki. Yeah. Um, I thought she was fantastic. And, and I thought the, the chemistry between uh, she and Tom Hiddleston was like on fire. I thought they yes. did really well together. Mm-hmm. And that was, as I mentioned at the in the beginning, uh, I think that was episode three, right? Lamentus was the third episode. Uh, check yes, for me so it was. It was. Okay. Yes. So that was the episode that really cemented it for me. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, as uh, in previous podcasts, I've told you, you know, give me the romance, boys. <laughs> uh, I I love a good little uh, romantic, uh, you know, second B story. Uh, that that's that's fine by me. And I thought that like they lit it up. Like I. 
I was into that. And I, the idea that like that created like this divergence that nobody had ever seen something like that before. Yeah. You know, because it was like two Loki, two variants that, that, you know, that's not supposed, it's not supposed to happen, you know? Right. Yeah. Uh, I I thought that was provocative. Um, I thought it was cool. And, uh, from that point on, I was like, I was like, this this show is getting it. Like they're they're hitting, a, they're covering all their bases. They're hitting all the notes for me. And it, I I the, leading up to that, the conversation that they're having in the train, getting yes. to know each other, was mm-hmm. just one of my favorite set pieces of the show. And it's so it's such a small thing, and yeah. there's it's not a lot going on. It's two people sitting in a train car talking, and I just thought everything was perfect. The way it was lit, the way they were talking, the cuts, yeah. the timing, the writing. It, I, that's one of my favorite scenes of the whole show. Yeah. And it's beautiful. I, I, I totally agree with you. I think, um, you know, if you had told me, like, hey, it's a, in this show, Loki has a, has a love interest, I would have been kind of like, eh, I don't know how I feel about that. Because Loki just doesn't seem like that kind of guy. But uh-huh. when you tell me, like, oh, he's falling in love with himself, you're like, oh, <laughs> yeah. okay, no, that works. Yeah. You know, it's like that <laughs> right. ultimate expression of narcissism. Yeah. That that's, that's who he has this moment with and they make it explicit you know like mobius does in the next episode that it's specifically it was a romantic moment and uh which makes it and and i love that the show didn't you know didn't shy away from that you know they made it they did make it explicit uh as well as they made it explicit finally that that loki is in fact bi uh which was i thought was a neat uh a a neat moment and and uh i'm glad they i'm glad that's canon yeah And it's it's always been kind of, uh, you know, subtext uh, throughout right. the whole MCU. Right. Um, but you know, let's we don't need to pretend or you know, like oh, we we kind of know. It's like you know, and, well, and, and, I, and that's I've, yeah, you're exactly right. It's 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 such a relief. I, I think mm-hmm. that Marvel is fi- taking a step forward. I mean, because that was the lot of of homosexual uh, and otherwise relationships in film forever was that it yeah. they had to exist in the subtext like they just not it was the subtext or nothing and yeah. so it's it's wonderful that we're finally in a place that that you know we can have a, a, an openly bi character like that i, I think it's yeah great. It, it's moving past that that queer coding and and making yes. it more like you know and and also it's like it's just a thing. It's just you yeah, know, it, like right, it's not. Right. It's n- it's not like the thing. It's just it's just another yep. another facet of the character. So yep, absolutely good. Good stuff. Um, absolutely loved it. Um, I thought Owen Wilson was really good in it. Oh um, wait, we haven't even talked about him yet. He, yeah. I, I, I adore Owen Wilson. I really do. Yeah. Like I'm a big Wes Anderson fan, and mm-hmm. uh, you know, I, I love everything that he does in that. I love his stupid dry voice. Mm-hmm. That is like got some weird like twang to it that I, I've never been able to identify like where <laughs> that twang is supposed to like, but it just kind of comes out. Like I just I love it. I love I, I love him. Say, I say yeah, it's Texas. I was gonna say it feels okay. like a Texas thing. Yeah, okay, he's from okay, yeah, um, yeah. It's, it just I mean, and he's like he's there. not. I, you know, I love him. He doesn't have a ton of range. He plays variations of Owen Wilson. The, the, uh, yeah, but, yeah, yeah. He's playing you know, himself. I like that. Like, I, I think there's a, a place for that. And especially yeah. if, like, the variation of the thing you're playing is a very charismatic, interesting person. Like, I'm cool yeah. with that. You know, right, give, right. Me, give me Vince Vaughn. Give me, you know, Owen Wilson. I'll take Ryan Reynolds. You know, these guys, yeah, yeah. They, they don't have they're, the range. But I they're like not, watching their stuff. Right. They're not <laughs> character actors. They're not going to come and, like, yes. you know, you know really fill a, a, a role to the extent that you don't even, you forget that it's an actor playing like I'm right. very aware in every scene that I'm watching yes. Owen Wilson, mm-hmm. but I love it. Yeah. I love it. I, and I, he, you're right. I think, I think he also played off of Tom Hiddleston really well. Yes. He, he does have like that, that just that charismatic. And of course both of them, I mean, and really almost everybody in the show had a ton of charisma. Yes. Yeah. You know, like, and, and it's just nice to see it. Like this is vortex. It just, sucked you in all of them yeah Uh, yeah. so but yeah um let's see where are we at on time i think uh, we can bust out uh unless there's anything else you want to talk about we'll we'll keep talking about the show obviously but i think we're ready to go to the marvel pop quiz what do you think let's go come on down to the marvel pop quiz yeah 
I like that one. That Did nice. you? I didn't. I didn't care for it. <laughs> that was good. <laughs> um, oh, that's the wrong episode. All right. So um, I was like, I don't recognize any of these words. All right. So uh, how do you feel about this question, by the way? Like just a pre-question. You haven't even heard the question yet. Uh-huh. Huh? Uh-huh. You've been on kind of a hot streak lately. Okay. Um, you think you're going to be able to keep it going or. Oh, uh, oh, you're setting me up to fail hard. I just want to gauge. <laughs> I want to gauge your confidence. Okay. So. I'll answer it two ways. One, now that you've asked me the question, I feel very unconfident. (laughs) But two, if you hadn't asked me that, I would have secretly been thinking, I got this. Cool. Good. All right. That worked then. All right. In the the comics, Ravona Renslayer, Uh who uh, is is the judge in Loki, uh, is in the comics. She's romantically linked with what Marvel villain? A, Loki, B, King the Conqueror, C, Thanos, D, Malekith. And if you just need a refresher, Malekith is the dark elf bad guy, um, Eccleston, uh, former Doctor Who, uh, from um, uh, the Dark World, Thor 2. Right. So you got Loki, King, yeah. Thanos, Malekith. All right. I think... And so, you know, the the real reason that I that I do occasionally get these right is because uh, Megan, after we watch these things, is always watching YouTube videos. Yeah. Like, just like on her phone, like just walking around the house, like doing dishes or walking around. Like, she just has like that on. She's just listening to it. Mm-hmm. And I just by virtue of being near, like pick up some of it. Like I can't not hear it. And so sometimes I get those things right because I've overheard some (laughs) Marvel nerd, you know, let spill something that I normally would not have known. Now, that being said, I don't know this answer, but I think I may have heard that it's Kang. That's correct. It is. All right. And uh, I, I I worried this one would be a little too easy. So I was trying to psych you out a little bit. Um, (laughs) It almost worked. <laughs> it's almost I, like a, a, E, none of the above. <laughs> so so Kang pursues uh, Ravona. She's a, a princess from like the 40th century in the comics. And oh, okay. he, I think originally he tried to impress her by bringing the Avengers to the future to fight them. And he's like, look how cool I am. I can fight all these Avengers. And <laughs> she was not impressed. Oh, so, surprise. Uh, but, but eventually they, they get together. They have a very long history. Um uh. And the the kind of the what I've heard is that this is like Ravona before she's Ravona in the comics. Like maybe she will end up with Kang or a version okay. of Kang. You know, this is you know before she has that moment. But of course, the, it's got that whole MCU flavor where it's the same but different. You know, every, yeah, sure. You know, it's it's those familiar characters, or in some cases not familiar at all to us, but they're always in different, new, slightly changed scenarios, and yeah. that's part of the fun, is seeing, yeah. like, where does it rhyme, and where is it different, you know? Right, and, right. And uh, that's another thing that I just absolutely love about the MCU. I don't necessarily want that comic-accurate thing. Um, I, I like it, like, you know, you can use it as a source, but if you want to play with it, I'm, you know, all about it. Uh, yeah, especially I mean, with... otherwise, just go read the comics. Exactly. Um, and, and it, it, I mean, I think it takes a lot of trust because that's, that's kind of been the story of comic book adaptations, um, throughout time is, uh, it, with the exception, I think the only, uh, movie it went in, it's Watchmen is what I was going to say, but even Watchmen mm. has a completely different ending. Yeah. Um, but, yeah. The, but the rest of it is shot for shot, like could be storyboarded by the comic books, but, sure. um, <clears throat> Throughout the history of comic book movies, there's always been those kind of artistic liberties to make it work in a movie. But uh, you get somebody like Kevin Feige, who's at the helm, you you just have total trust that he knows what he's doing. And he's, yep. he loves the comics, but he's 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 willing to take some chances, and, and he's normally right. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, but yeah, so you got that answer right. Congratulations. Uh, speaking of the YouTube videos, I'm glad that you don't do that, because it would kind of destroy... The, the back and forth and like kind of our power yeah. dynamic in these uh so well uh, just and, but and and this was this was a an exception we'll let you see behind the screen a little bit folks that uh we're we're recording this a couple of days out from the well let's wait just a day out it was yesterday yeah it was yesterday but normally we would we would try to record those like day of 
mm-hmm. that there's no chance of any sort of spoilers or <laughs> yeah. added information. The series are tough though because you get it's six weeks long. You know yeah. what I mean? And like there's yeah. it's unless we're gonna put you up in a hotel, sequester <laughs> right. you, like your trial, uh, your jury, MC, uh, yeah, witness uh, protection. <laughs> but uh, but I I I I uh, I'm I'm the Megan there. I definitely watch all the YouTube videos to see mm. like you know to help pick out the things. And well, lately it's been too like I it's like I I get the references and I so then I'm like. It's, and whenever it comes up in the video, I'm like, yep, to Amanda, like trying to impress her that I also knew that. I don't care. But, you know, it's that's fantastic. Just the way it is. Um, I love that. <laughs> so so we'll move on to Aaron's trivia corner. I got a little bit of trivia for this episode. Hey, come on uh, down, no. kids. Let's go down to Aaron's trivia corner. It's dirty in here. <laughs> is this the only podcast with like diegetic music? <laughs> Like there's no, it's not like pre- canned pre-recorded clips. You're like literally just singing it a cappella, like yep. as we move. I improv totally ad libbed. Yep. I feel like it's maybe one of the few. Um, yeah, I like it. I like. I it. do too. I, I was happier with that one than I than I was for the first. I can redo the first one if you want to. That's okay. I think we're good. We'll oh, save okay. it for the next episode. We have. Right, uh, I'll save it. I don't know if you've seen the schedule for Marvel films and shows, but we're we got quite a few of these to do. So save it up. <laughs> Um, so, uh, Gugu, uh, Mabatha Ra, who played Ravona Renslayer, um, and was absolutely fantastic. Yeah, she was uh, great. Playing that character was very well written character, very well acted character. Mm-hmm. Um, she, I mentioned Doctor Who, the Doctor Who connection. She actually, uh, one of her first appearances was in Doctor Who back in 2007. Oh, so interesting. A little <laughs> neat thing. Yeah. Uh, one, one of these days I'm going to watch Doctor Who. Uh, I, I have a feeling I would really dig it, uh, just, the barrier I, I, to entry is so high like, just for the sheer volume that, yeah. of I mean, the show. I really think there's like probably 16,000 episodes. Yeah, where do you like, start? I mean, you have yeah. to just know that you're going to miss like the first, yeah. you know, I definitely five don't iterations. Start in like the 60s. Do you know what I mean? Like, I'm yeah, pretty sure yeah. I don't I mean, want to do that. Golly, that would be tough. Yeah. Um, episode five uh, was titled Journey into Mystery, uh, uh-huh. which... Uh, uh, this is another one. I, I couldn't wait for the YouTube video. I had to tell Amanda this when we were watching it because I, you know, <laughs> I pulled it up and the episode title was right at the top. Uh, uh-huh. It's the name of the comic series where Thor first appeared. Um, oh, that okay. was uh, A lot of these comics were anthology. Tales of Suspense was one of them. And um, uh, Tales to Astonish. Uh, that was mm-hmm. the Ant-Man one. They, they made mm. a reference to that. Um, Spider-Man debuted in Amazing Fantasy. So these were like kind of sci-fi fantasy uh, anthology ones and then the most popular characters got their own series basically okay and yeah anthology yeah. kind of died out so journey into mystery was uh the first appearance of thor um so that's a, a phrase just like amazing fantasy that kind of sticks in my brain that's interesting when i hear it um how, i'm sorry to sorry to to throw a wrench in it i'm just curious like how did they determine what were the most popular characters from an anthology series that were like would people just write them letters I think like, I think fan reaction. Gee whiz, I, think, I I really like that Thor fella. I'd I like think to fan see more reaction, of that guy. I think sales uh, was a was a thing, you know, because it would be right on the cover, like you uh, know, the, okay, the picture, yeah. And so they were like, because okay. it's all, and you got to remember too, these like the people who uh, uh, enjoy these properties now were not the people who enjoyed the properties back oh, in sure. the, you know, in the 60s yeah. and 70s. Like they, they were marketed almost exclusively to children. <laughs> so when you say anthology series, you don't mean like there would be three or four different stories in in a comic oh. that would come out. It would be like every week would just be a new story. It, it would be that and maybe like two stories depending on okay. what they were up to. So it maybe like a, so, a okay. comic so book they... would be split. Okay, so they could yeah. they could base it on like the cover, yeah. mm-hmm. and, like what sold best. And okay, also, I sense. think it was not just popular stuff, but like stuff they they liked. You they know? liked, like, <laughs> yeah, because because Spider Man, Amazing Fantasy fifteen, I think was the last Amazing Fantasy, and it was being canceled. But they were like, you know, the Spider Man character is pretty cool, so we're uh-huh. gonna keep doing these. That's cool. Um, yeah. Um, so the in the void, which was one of my favorite sequences with uh-huh. all the variant Lokis there. Um, I got so excited when I saw this. There is uh, pretty prominently featured in the background. There's a crashed yellow helicopter, and yeah, it has the yeah. word Thanos on the <laughs> back of it. Yeah. Um, so this is a reference to 
um, the Thanos copter, which is a <laughs> an actual comic book featured Thanos riding in a helicopter <laughs> that had his name on it. Yeah, it's from this... 1979. Uh, it was a series called Spidey Super Stories, which was targeted at uh, targeted at, at young children to kind of oh, get them okay. into comics. So uh, this so... is one of the few that I I did hear about, and uh, <laughs> yes. I had a, a good guffaw uh, as yes. did. I, I pretty much everybody like the, and I, I read that this had been sort of like a one of like one of those most asked for Easter eggs kind of things. Like <laughs> yeah. people just desperately wanted them to put that in as an Easter egg because the idea that Thanos, like the most powerful being in the universe, needs like a little, <laughs> like like just him sized personal helicopter to like jet set around the world is hilarious. It's hilarious, and it's yellow, and it has his name on it. <laughs> name on like, it, yeah. <laughs> he got it painted. Like, what? <laughs> like, that's so weird. It's a custom helicopter. Yeah. So that's not even the craziest... Wrapped. That's not even the craziest part of that story. At the end of the story, because he gets in the helicopter to find the Cosmic Cube uh, in New York City, and Spider-Man's fighting him. Spider-Man beats him. And the police arrest Thanos and put him in the back of a cop car. Like, they put handcuffs on him, and he gets arrested, and that's the end of it. Because Thanos that's goes to jail. Awesome. Yeah, that happens. Comic books are nuts. Um, <laughs> speaking of nuts, so the, uh, Kid Loki we talked about already. Uh-huh. Uh, in the comics, he's actually not an alternate version of Loki. He's a reincarnation of Loki after he's killed. And hmm. um, so he's actually Loki reincarnate. And eventually, he does some things. He does some mischief stuff. Um, it, was a, it was kind of a way to get the character back to his mischievous roots. But he eventually okay. joins uh, a team called the Young Avengers. Okay. And um, I can't remember if we've talked about it on, on these episodes before. But I think we've Disney mentioned Plus it. They're going to do is, it, right? Is heavily setting up the Young Avengers. Yeah. I don't think there's been any kind of official announcement. But we have so many of the lineup already appeared. Uh, Speed and Wiccan, the twins from WandaVision. Right. Uh, uh, they're in, uh, and of course they've been. Of course they're they've vanished, but they were aged up to about the age they would be in the Young Avengers. Uh-huh. Uh, they are from WandaVision. Uh, Elijah Bradley uh, yes. plays a character called Patriot. Uh, uh-huh. We talked about that in Falcon and the yeah. Winter Soldier. Yep, uh, kind of a Captain America type character. Right. Uh, Cassandra Lang is actually the first person we ever saw in the MCU who joined the Young Avengers. That is Scott's daughter from Ant Man. Oh, and of course, in Endgame, she's been aged up to a teenager, so uh-huh. she'd fit right in. Interesting. Um, her character is uh, her her superhero moniker is Stature, and she plays a a, a hero who can change her size at will. Sort of oh, like okay, man thing. Okay, yeah, uh, yeah. And then, of course, we know in, in the upcoming shows, uh, there's a Hawkeye series. Uh, so we'll yep. get a Kate Bishop who plays, uh, who takes on the mantle of Hawkeye in the comics, and mm-hmm. America Chavez is, is another person who um, is in the uh, is in the Young Avengers. So it's it seems like it's it's really going to happen. We keep we keep seeing all of these things. <laughs> now, it'd be interesting to see how Kid Loki fits into that. Uh, I wonder if it, they're going to make that series more kid friendly, like yeah. if they're going to make that one less dark and more of like a let's get some some new fans in on this. Yeah, because, I mean, you talk about it, Loki, this was probably one of the more adult-oriented yeah. Marvel properties, yeah. I would say. Um, and some very for, dark well, f- themes. And for me, it benefited from that. I, I, yeah. I prefer it when they go darker. Yes. But dark, but still, like, I like how Marvel does dark, because it's not, like, grim or boring <laughs> or, like, yeah. needlessly, like, excessively violent. Like, it's right. dark, and it's got dark themes, but it's still fun. You know right. what I mean? There's still yeah, this yeah. tone of like it's not a bummer to watch. Right. Um it, you feel and I, I feel like it gets what you're supposed to get out of something dark. Like you feel like bad. You know, like when you when you see like Loki suffering or yeah, you yeah, find yeah, yeah. out like what yeah. happened to Sophie, like it makes you feel something. Right. Uh and it lights up those those empathy neurons. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And it I, gets I think, you gets you excited i mean yeah i mean you're exactly right like it, it, it's it's watching good people try to conquer something like you, you mm-hmm. really start to you know and if that's something that they're conquering is big and scary man it makes the stakes higher i mean yeah and, they, and, they get it right it's great and it, it, it is really something that is in the domain of thor if you think about it the thor 
you know, sub-franchise theory uh, series is very much one marked by tragedy. Yeah. Uh, Thor himself and, uh, and of course, Loki, very tragic characters. Uh, it, like, I, you know, I know... tragic. Like, it's all... It's obviously based on the Norse mythology, but I, I at times get, like, a very, like, Shakespearean tragedy kind of feel yeah. for a lot of these. Like, you know, just sort of like these... These important, you know, members of this royal family fallen on hard times, like madness and death and like, you know, just all the stuff that's decimated their family and their their culture and their kingdom and like them just sort of struggling to to maintain some semblance of like their their own lives and their own goals. It's it's very, very Shakespearean at times. Absolutely. And that's that's a line that's drawn in the comics where they, you know, the, a lot of their speech is is kind of like pseudo old English, you know, yeah, yeah. like Shakespearean sounding. Uh-huh. Um, and I think even Tony Stark refers to Thor as Shakespeare in the park, I think, at, at <laughs> one point. Uh, so I, like it's very astute to pick up on that because that is that is, I think, definitely what they're going for. Yeah. Um, so, um as far as the series fitting into the larger narrative, um, it's definitely something that this was a, a kind of a segment that um, it was more kind of uh, subtle in the early days of the MCU. But it's just overt out and out like you can't really have a thing now in the MCU without it being part of the larger yeah. narrative. Of course, yeah. this doesn't even exist without Avengers or Endgame, a uh, direct result of those two movies. Uh-huh. Um, one of the things about this um property and i think like we see it with uh these later mcu problems you know thor the dark world is one of the weaker entries i think we can pretty much Mm. everybody can agree with that yeah um it's not a bad movie it's just not super interesting and it just pales in comparison to these other uh marvel movies but what's amazing is that these later entries can cast it in a light that makes it more important and it, yeah, it really yeah. like makes it more meaningful and almost to the point where you're like oh maybe i want to watch that and uh-huh. the whole um you know of course in game had a had an extended sequence that took place during that timeline where he was talking to his mom uh Thor yeah. was uh, and and super depressed and that was just really good uh vibes and this one of course had a, a whole lot to do with with loki remembering his mother and yep. coming to terms with the fact that he was in a way that we didn't really see in entries previous to this where he was really coming in terms of the fact that i killed my mother yeah through my uh terrible things that i did you right. know i was the direct result of this it's not what i wanted to happen but it's my fault right right and uh it really casts that in a better light and and strengthens it and you know you you don't want to revisit it because it'll totally shatter that illusion but i i like that i like their idea of saying like hey we're not tucking this away we're not forgetting this happened mm-hmm. you know we're gonna draw out all the best parts and yeah and kind of weave it in and it's that it's just that sense of just making it work uh that i'd love about the mcu yeah absolutely um, and this is, I think, also a notable series. We talk about fitting into the larger narrative. We talked about things that came before, but obviously things that came after. I think this is going to be considered a, like a linchpin, a very serious uh, like flashpoint for uh, Phase 4 of the yeah. MCU. We, we already know Quantumania is coming. That's going to have Kang as a villain. Uh-huh. Uh, Multiverse of Madness yep. clearly is going to have all, you know, be dealing with the ramifications of this right. show. So I read a. Well, I didn't read. Uh, Megan told me that she watched a YouTube video. Um, <laughs> Thanks for being honest. It's, it's sort of the opposite of reading. Uh, so so uh, somebody said that. Because <laughs> you didn't even watch it. Somebody no. told you. <laughs> That's hilarious. Uh, so, so I don't know who it was, but somebody said uh, like one of the things that they should have done was they should have done a Blue Harvest and had Multiverse of Madness have a fake name yeah. and mm-hmm. call it Doctor Strange, uh, Sorcerer, Sorcerer Supreme. You know, yeah, something I that people that. would just be like, okay, yeah, that's what it's called. Sure, yeah, and then, Street. You know, something whatever. Like that. Yeah, it's just something related and like sanctum sanctorum, and you're yeah, like, okay, just throw some some of that terminology, and people will be like, sure, that's all right. And then yeah. at the end of this, they should have said like, they should have shown like he'll this will return in 
that, and then they should have like done like a little glitch and changed it to Multiverse of Madness. Yeah, yeah, that would have been what, cool. What's um, I, I agree with you. I think I think that would have been nice because I, I remember when this when this started, and we found out there was no multiverse that the Timekeepers and you know of course King per- actively prevented a multiverse from occurring. I was like, well, how does Multiverse of Madness even work? Then? Yeah, <laughs> like, what is that? What <laughs> yeah. is this? And right. um, I, and I I think so. There's almost like that layer of it too, where like. It, 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 because I knew that title existed, it made me more intrigued and curious about this and like sure, how this would sure, play out. Sure. Yeah, and uh, I think between this and then, of course, I'll pull back the curtain a little bit. The new Spider-Man movie, Far From Home. Mm. Um, I don't know if you've heard some of these rumors. Uh, you, you probably have that they're casting um, villains from the Spider-Man movies that existed before the MCU. Uh, certain people have come out and confirmed their involvement in it. Oh, okay. Uh, from the Raimi trilogy and from the Web trilogy, things that totally not MCU at all. Those are Sony's yeah. first uh, Spider-Man movies, uh, implying that that movie is going to deal with multiverses and okay. Spider-Verse and all that kind of thing. So it's like, what's going to be left for multiverse? What is that going to be even about? Right. Um, at this point in the the schedule, <clears throat> we've got. Uh, the new Spider-Man movie comes out in December of this year. Okay. And uh, Multiverse of Madness, I believe, is March of next year. So there'll be. Uh, so it's going to be like the third thing to deal with. And we also know that that uh, Wanda is involved. Scarlet Witch is involved in that movie. So I, oh yeah, I really, yeah, yeah. yeah uh, I have no idea what's going to happen. Yeah, I have no clue. It, it, yeah. You know, people That's have exciting. kind of. Yeah, people have kind of theorize that maybe he'll be cleaning up all of these messes that keep getting made you know yeah, i can but, see that i can yeah. see that or if he is he like gonna be the ultimate guy to i, I mean I, I don't know if they're setting up kang to be like a big bad for like the entire phase or just like a couple of movies like maybe yeah. maybe he'll just be the big bad up until that and somehow uh dr strange can reconcile the kang problem but still allow the multiverse to exist yeah yeah uh, I yeah think that's sort be... of the end goal right yeah be to eliminate the the, the kang problem but I, keep the I agree i agree i think the like the idea that the multiverse was prevented from existing is portrayed as as bad and in a in a, a slap in the face of free will you yeah. know and so yeah. the idea is that the multiverse could be messy but it needs to exist. It's not. Right. It's not okay that it doesn't. Uh-huh. Um, so let's let's um, let's talk about the ranking. What do you what do you think about this? How how does this fit in 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 your mind in terms of quality? Like in and uh, oh, your it's favorites? right. It's right up there. I mean, like this and Wandavision have just been fantastic. I uh, yeah. You know, it's like I think we mentioned before, like the last couple of ones we've done for WandaVision and Falcon and Winter Soldier. It's hard to sort of stick these in with movies because, you know, they're a different experience. Um, you know, you get so much more content from a series than from, you know, even a th- the longer entries in, in the movie list. But I, I'll just say confidently it's in my top five for sure. Wow. Yeah, it, it's going to be interesting to see how we can even reconcile the movies with the series in terms of because they're very different in terms of like how much you get out of them, you know, and, and their length. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it's it's almost like you can almost think it's not really fair to put a series up against right. a movie. Right. But there is something, you know, brevity is the soul of wit. Uh, so <laughs> it's yeah. it's it could be one of those things where, you know, nice, short and sweet. It definitely has its place. And I'm glad that we're getting both. But uh-huh. You know, but I, I, I agree. I think the character development we're able to get in these series, all three of the series so far, is just is is really superior to uh, a movie. Absolutely. I love movies, but but uh, for this format, you know, the series gives you just so much more to work with. Yeah, and it really does. Get just so much more invested. And, and we're not talking about long series either. These aren't these. Thankfully, we're not talking about like 22 episode seasons. Yeah, Could you imagine I, what a that'd be a terrible. Oh, the filler. Yeah. Obviously, the budget would suffer <laughs> trying so, to stretch so, it out over 22 episodes. Yeah, good Lord. Speaking <laughs> of filler, so I will say um, Megan told me about one YouTuber who who th- claimed, uh, and I don't, I don't think, maybe he's just trying to be provocative and, you know, be a, a different voice because everybody seems to pretty universally love this 
but he claimed yeah. that like basically the middle half of the season was all filler, which mm. is absurd to me. And I yeah. will dis- I will dismiss and not spend another moment speaking of. <laughs> I think the only thing about this series that um, it probably tugged at the back of my mind a little bit, and um, and this is just kind of like a a nerdy like power level thing, but the idea that Loki um, would have and and Sylvia would have any kind of struggle fighting these TVA agents who we now know are regular humans. Uh, that was a little tough to swallow. You know, it's it's similar to uh, yeah. in Spider-Man 2, uh, you see Peter Parker punch Dr. Octopus in the face multiple times. It's like one punch and he's, it's over. Like, you know, these are we're talking yeah, about yeah. super powered, super strong people. Even though Loki isn't, we don't think of him as like really strong. He's certainly not as strong as Thor. Way stronger than a human. Right. <laughs> And so I think that's one thing the MCU has struggled with traditionally and is is getting the power balance right at times. Yeah. And, you know, for what might work plot wise or look good on the screen isn't necessarily like what they've established before. Yeah. I think they have struggled with that. And with Loki in particular, I, I know that's a big um, bone uh, that a lot of fans pick is Loki's death at Thanos's hand is he's the God of mischief. He, he can do all this magic. He can do all these illusions. Why did he just run at him with a knife? Yeah. Like, why was that his, his idea? Mm-hmm. And it, it begs the, and uh, you know, the, the variant, I forget the actor's name, but old Loki, Yeah, you know, Richard what Grant. he did, Richard Grant, you know, what he did and uh, was just an illusion. That's been a fan theory for a long time yeah. that, that that's what Loki did, and, and what movie was it that, that happened again? Uh, in game, yeah, Endgame. that. Okay. Yeah, I, you know, that's definitely some headcanon you could establish. Is that that's not really a variant Loki. That's Loki from the future, and that Loki from our universe, from the MCU, didn't really die. He just oh, yeah. he's he's Richard Grant. <laughs> I, yeah. I did love. Of course, we didn't really talk about it. His costume is that that uh, beautiful comics accurate. <laughs> yeah, yeah, like really silly golden yep. age or really silver age Loki outfit that looks uh-huh. absurd goofy on horns. the screen. Yeah, and I just love when they find reasons to bring it. You know, do it. I, just again with the Thanos copter, I wouldn't have wanted to see the Thanos copter in Endgame. That would have felt weird and uh-huh. dumb. You yeah. know, but yeah, like I, I love you. Give me some Guardians of the Galaxy, some Taika Waititi. Like find ways to put it in something weird yeah i'm all about it like that's right, what right. i think mm-hmm. <laughs> um speaking of weird i did have a thought that i didn't get to share before we wrap up here because we're uh-huh. almost out of time um but uh miss minutes again going in with the whole uh we need to talk about our terror strong it's fantastic i, I yeah. love the idea of this like anthropomorphic clock that's like a cartoon yeah. that's a character in this and it's like some sort of a highly advanced AI character. I was fascinated uh, by her response. Uh, he said, like, are you... I can't remember what he asked. Are you real or are you alive? Yeah, uh, yeah. Like, are you, uh, like... Yeah, something like that. And she's are, like, are you, kind of both. <laughs> yeah, kind of both. Are you uh, Are you yeah. a computer or are you alive? I don't remember. But yeah, that yeah. was that was fascinating. I, I kind of saw her <laughs> character as, like, you know, going down that same Fallout you know aesthetic she's kind of had that vault boy vibe with the really big eyes you know mixed <laughs> yeah. with uh mr dna from jurassic park yeah, her southern yeah. uh-huh. drawl you know and her, her nature of explaining things to yeah. the to the audience Ab- absolutely yeah I, that's pretty cool so anyway i just wanted to say that um so any uh, anything else on loki before we move on to our our final segment uh no let's let's do it so how much does nick know about next week's film and I'm so, going to say probably a whole lot. <laughs> a, a whole lot, because we're about to record it. <laughs> yeah, we've already seen it. What is it? What's next week's uh, film? Uh, Black Widow. Black Widow finally released uh, in theaters and Disney Plus, premiere access. Uh, this was supposed to come out over a year ago, and mm-hmm. it's finally here. So we're going to talk about that uh, next week. Yeah. So... Um, you know, we have so many movies this year, though. I think with not including any of the Disney Plus series with Black Widow, there's four Marvel movies coming out this year, more than any other year. Uh, three was the previous record. I think we've got four per year for the next several years. Wow. Partly Catching because up. they were 
beefing up anyway, but also because of COVID messed yeah. everything up. So yep. they got because last year was the first year since I think what 2013 that didn't have any. Oh, 2009. Wow. There's one year that didn't have any. It might have been 2009. Uh, and the, 2020 was the first year in that many years since that had happened. So uh, they're making up for lost time now. So Black Widow next week. Uh, Nick, you got to watch this. Thanks for listening to our podcast. We want to hear from you. You can reach out to us on email at you gotta watch this podcast at gmail.com. You can also reach us at Facebook or Instagram at you gotta watch this podcast or on Twitter at gotta underscore watch. Thanks. So I read a, well, I didn't read. Uh, Megan told me that she watched a YouTube video. Um, <laughs> it's, it's, <laughs> it's sort of the opposite of reading.